Well, sometimes I don't live a bold lifestyle. And this is going to be the first of a series of four teachings on boldness. Sometimes I don't live a bold lifestyle. And I've been reading the book of Acts, and often referred to as the Acts of the Apostles, when really it is a book of the Bible all about the Acts of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit working through the lives of not just apostles, but even ordinary, everyday Christians. And I noticed, once again, the boldness of the early church, and in particular, the boldness of the apostles. Men who were just normal people, but who were committed to following Jesus and spreading the gospel of the kingdom. And we tend to make superheroes out of them, stained glass heroes, who were special and extraordinary, when really they were just regular people like you and me. But their boldness is amazing. Preaching on the first day of the church, going public with their commitment as believers, which could have cost them their lives, and that is bold. Healing a man born, unable to walk, who was begging in the main place of public worship. In other words, healing someone out in public, in plain sight of everyone. That's bold. Defending themselves from the religious leaders, the Sanhedrin, and proclaiming the name of Jesus to them. That was bold in Acts 4.13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. They were astonished at their boldness, because remember, these religious leaders could have had them executed, stoned to death, as their religion allowed. But in spite of that, Peter and John were bold. What is even more amazing is that after they were released, they gathered with other believers and prayed for more boldness. And we find that in Acts chapter 4, verses 29 to 31. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So not only were they bold, but they were praying for more boldness. And I was reminded as I read those verses of a stick'em note that's in the front of my Bible and has been there since July the 1st, 2007, and that there were four areas of boldness the Lord had been speaking to me about. Bold lifestyle, bold in prayer, bold in my conversation and witnessing to people, and bold in my obedience. And I'm reminded of a promise that I made to the Lord at that time, saying that I would be bold in all of my behavior as I lived for him. In other words, in my lifestyle, in my prayers, praying boldly and with strong faith, in my speaking and sharing in everyday normal life as I witnessed to the wonderfulness of Jesus, and in my obedience to everything he asked of me. I believe the Lord would have us look at the call of God upon the life of every follower of Jesus, the call to live boldly. And I remember when the Lord spoke to me about being bold for him in 2007. And also in 2007, I received a prophetic, powerful prophetic word about being bold and having bold faith. 
a word about believing God in a fresh and a new way all day, every day. In other words, having a bold lifestyle, the way I live, the way I relate and speak with people, the way I pray, the way I obey. And verses jumped out at me back then in July of 2007. And the key one being Matthew 9, verse 29. Because of your faith, it will happen. Or in a more familiar version to you and to me, be it done to you according to your faith. The Passion Translation says, says it this way, you will have what your faith expects. And the Message Version says, become what you believe. So because of the prophetic word over my life, I worked to up the level of bold in my life. And again, I believe the Lord is calling me and you to increase our boldness for him yet another notch. Because sometimes I don't live a bold lifestyle. And I believe we're entering a new season when God is saying to his disciples, to the church, to you, to me, that he wants us to be bold for him in these days in which we live. In the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the life and the ministry of Jesus, we see the book of Acts, which is the continuing ministry of Jesus, as the Holy Spirit continues his work through the church, through the bold life of the believers. It's written by Luke, who was a disciple of the Lord and a medical doctor by profession. And one of the main themes of the book of Acts is boldness. Look in Acts and you find miracles, and more miracles, and then more miracles. You see signs and wonders, healings, people being raised from the dead, supernatural expansion of the kingdom, multitudes being saved, priests and religious leaders coming to faith in Christ. And I believe that we don't often see the same types of life-changing, world-altering events today because we do not have the bold faith, the bold actions that lead to bold events. I am convinced that supernaturally that I am convinced that supernatural results come from being bold. So what's my definition of boldness? My definition of boldness is boldness is behavior born out of belief. That's obvious. Boldness is behavior born out of belief. If you believe people are going to be critical, you behave tentatively. If you believe you are going to fail, you will behave cautiously. If you believe you are going to be rejected, you behave in a guarded and defensive manner. So if you believe that the one true God is calling you and has empowered you, is leading you, equipping you, you will live and behave boldly. Why? Because boldness is behavior born out of belief. In other words, what you really believe determines how you live. You behave boldly because you believe God has called you, empowered you, that he's leading you, that he's equipping you. You live boldly and behave boldly because you believe you are an ambassador of his kingdom. You believe that you are a minister of reconciliation. Boldness is behavior born out of belief. 
Boldness in the original Greek word in the New Testament meant outspokenness, assurance, confidence, courage, to act without fear. And I'm praying with all my heart, with boldness, that God would take his church, a church not always known for its boldness, and that God would give us extreme boldness, courage, and outspokenness in the Spirit, acting without fear. And so I really want to talk about boldness on so many different levels so that we can focus here for the next month or so. And again, there are four main areas for boldness. Boldness in prayer. Praying bold and courageous prayers of faith. Because what you pray and what you pray for reflects what you believe about God. Most common prayers that you hear are things like, Thank you for this day. Be with us, God. Please meet this need. Keep us safe. Let me get to where I'm going. If you're in the air travel, it's almost like I hear God saying, Oh, come on, give me a tough one. Give me something that will be a challenge. So we're going to talk in time about boldness in prayer. In a week or two, we'll talk about boldness in our speech. When you look in the book of Acts, they spoke the word of God boldly. They preached boldly. They were courageous in the way that they spoke, regardless of the consequences. They were not afraid to speak the name of Jesus and the word of God. They were not trying to be politically correct. Out of love with boldness, they spoke. And here we could say that we speak boldly about what we believe in deeply. Just talk to somebody who rides a Harley-Davidson motorcycle, and the first thing you will hear, and sometimes the only thing you will hear, is things about Harley-Davidson, because we speak boldly about what we believe deeply. And the third area is bold obedience. When you read the book of Acts, you'll see men and women who would rather be persecuted or killed than disobey the God who saved them through Jesus Christ. There was a serious, bold, and instant obedience a boldness because Jesus was raised from the dead and is alive and with us, a bold obedience based on the revelation we receive from the Lord. And you know, we obey fully and immediately him who we follow completely. And then the bold witness. The early church had a terrifically bold witness for Jesus in a very pagan and dangerous world. They witnessed others about the kingdom of God, they spoke about the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, the king of the kingdom. They declared that there was a hell to avoid and a heaven to receive. They preached repentance and salvation leading to dramatic life change. They died for what they boldly believed and preached. Because remember, boldness is behavior born out of belief. What you believe about God determines how bold you will be. So in general, in all of these areas of our life, let's look at Peter, because most of us can relate to Peter the Apostle. I know that I do. Peter reminds us that most people today have bold intentions followed by timid actions. Maybe that's you. Bold intentions followed by timid actions. There are many stories we could tell about Peter but bold intentions are seen in John chapter 18, and you can read verses 15 to 18 and 25 to 27. But it's a story familiar to all of us. 
And Peter says to Jesus, If all of these losers turn their back on you, I will never deny you. I'm your guy. I've got your back. I'll never deny you. I will boldly stand by you. Those were his bold intentions as Jesus was being arrested and then eventually crucified. But his bold intentions were followed by timid actions because before the day ended, Peter had denied Jesus three times. And one of those three times was to a little schoolgirl who certainly was not a threat to his well-being. Peter had bold intentions followed by timid actions. And we can relate because that happens to us quite frequently. The boldness is just not there to carry through our intentions. And I hear the Lord saying, this needs to change. And something did change in Peter. Something happened to him. And I pray that the same thing will happen in each one of us. After Jesus rose from the dead, in John chapter 21, verses 1 to 19, Peter comes face to face with Jesus and has a very personal encounter with the risen Lord. And Jesus says to Peter in that conversation, you are forgiven. It's all good. You're still on the team. You are reinstated. Let it go. That was then. This is now. Go out and declare the kingdom. Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. Be bold. And something inside of Peter flipped. A switch was turned on. And Peter, who used to have bold intentions and timid actions, now that was no longer the case. Peter is now seriously bold. He preached in front of a huge crowd of people, where before he denied Jesus in front of a little schoolgirl. And he preached a very bold sermon. He said to the Jewish people he was preaching to, you are a corrupt generation. That's not politically correct. You need to turn from your sins and repent in the name of Jesus and be baptized. And folks, because he had seriously bold actions, not timid actions, 3,000 people were saved and baptized and added to the church that day. Boldness was in all that the early church did. And as a result, the New Testament church exploded. It grew. It expanded. They had boldness. Peter and John were walking along, and they see a man who has been lame from birth, over 40 years old, and has never walked. In our context, 40 years in a wheelchair. They walk up to him, and they say, In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And then they extend a hand and pull him up. That's in Acts 3, 1 to 10. That's very bold. And because of that bold action, he walks, he jumps, he leaps, and he praises God. That action stirs controversy because everyone knew this man and knew he could not walk, had never walked. And the religious rulers hear from the temple guards what has happened, and they send armed soldiers out to arrest Peter and John brought them into the temple, put them on trial in front of the Sanhedrin, the Sanhedrin being 70 elders, 70 men who controlled the Jewish religion. Dressed in their robes, they would place the accused in the center and circle around them, and they would hurl questions at Peter and John from all directions and then decide their fate. And there were four outcomes of this kind of a trial. They could be released with no harm done. They could beat you. They could imprison you, 
or they could kill you. So Peter and John are in the middle of this group of 70, and someone asks, by what name and by what authority do you do these things? And here is their bold response, Acts 4, verses 8 to 12. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Leaders and elders of our nation, are we being questioned because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed in the name and by the power of Jesus Christ from Nazareth, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, The stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is no salvation in no one else. Sorry, there is salvation in no one else. There is no other name in all of heaven for people to call on to save them. The power of the Holy Spirit was in Peter and enabled him to be bold. The power of the Holy Spirit is in you and as well in me if you are born again. Peter boldly states facts, not opinion. By the power of the name of Jesus, this man stands before you healed and whole. Peter then sticks a knife in and twists it, and this was done by the man you crucified, but God raised from the dead. You just cannot overstate how bold that was. The members of the Sanhedrin, the ruling class in the temple, hated Jesus. They were glad he was dead and gone. They never wanted to hear from him again, and they didn't ever want to hear about him again. The foundation of their belief system was that the resurrection is impossible. They did not believe in the resurrection from the dead. And so Peter points right at the people who have the power to kill him and says, You are wrong. You killed him. You are wrong. He got raised from the dead, and he's back. You are wrong. We have seen him, touched him, talked to him, ate with him. All of that would amount to a declaration of war, and his boldness confounded the religious leaders. Interesting to me that 2,000 years ago the name of Jesus was so controversial, and 2,000 years later that name causes a similar type of controversy, the name of Jesus. Think about it. In our world today, you can be bold about all sorts of things, and it's good. It's fine. Everyone likes a little God talk. Everyone can handle a little spirituality. But bring Jesus into it, and everyone gets freaked out. I mean, be honest. Go on television and talk about your higher power, and it's good. But if you name your higher power, if you name him as Jesus, look out. You can talk about auras and seances and end-time prophecy and vampires and ghosts and spirits and witches. You can talk about prayer, spiritual life, spiritual disciplines. It's all good. But as soon as you mention Jesus, whoa. At public events, you can pray anything you want. But you can no longer pray in the name of Jesus. Because that's being intolerant of those who don't believe in Jesus. So what name can you pray in? Well, you can pray in the Lord's name, just don't name who Lord is. You can pray in God's name, just don't name which God. You can pray in the big guy upstairs' name. You can pray in your higher power, 
but do not pray the name of Jesus. Why? Because there's just something about that name. It's all-powerful. And in the name of Jesus, every knee must bow of things in heaven, things on earth, and things under the earth. Peter looks at them and says, This Jesus, you killed him. He's back. He's alive. Your worst nightmare has come true. The religious leaders could not believe what they were seeing and hearing. Acts 4.13 The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men who had no special training. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. They were amazed when they saw the boldness of the believers. They saw that they were ordinary men and that they had been with Jesus. They couldn't deny the miracle. There's the uh, lame man, and there he is walking, and multitudes saw it happen and saw the results. But they were amazed at the boldness of Peter and John. In the time left, there's three facts I want to drive home. Just three facts. Number one, God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. God gives to ordinary people extraordinary boldness. Again, Acts 4.13. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men who had no special training. Ordinary in Greek means unlearned, unschooled, ordinary, or idiot. And the word idiot is the most literal translation of the original Greek. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were idiots who had no special training. And you know, the Bible translators were just too polite to call them idiots, so they called them ordinary. God can use intelligent and bright people but he specializes in using idiots. He really does. He loves using ordinary people. God loves to take ordinary people and give them extraordinary boldness. You might say, I'm naturally not naturally bold. That's okay. I am just a normal person. That's okay. I'm an introvert. So what? So am I. I'm a quiet person. I prefer to be seen and seldom heard. Ah, just the kind of ordinary person the Lord wants to use in his world today. Because God gives ordinary people like you and like me extraordinary boldness. The second truth I want to drive home is that your boldness will amaze the world. In Acts 4.13, again, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. When you are bold, the world will be amazed. Why were they amazed? They were amazed because they were aware that they had the power of life and death over these men, and yet these two men did not back down even a centimeter. Peter and John did not care about what might happen to them. Peter and John were willing to die. The rulers of the Jewish religion were amazed because a man who had never walked was healed, and everybody knew only God could do that. Amazing. Crazy. Wow. Bold. That was the reaction of the religious leaders. They would be saying to themselves, 
Not sure I understand or agree with these men, but wow, they certainly believe what they believe. Your boldness will amaze the world. And number three, spiritual boldness comes from knowing Jesus. And third truth I want to pull out of that verse, the verse being Acts 4.13, is that spiritual boldness comes from knowing Jesus. Acts 4.13. Members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men who had had no special training. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Spiritual boldness comes from knowing Jesus. How could Peter stand in front of possible death and say what he said and do so boldly? The answer? He'd been with Jesus. See, the key is not boldness. Boldness is not the goal. Knowing Jesus is the goal. Boldness is always the byproduct of knowing Jesus. The more you know Jesus, the bolder you become. Boldness is behavior born out of belief. In other words, boldness is behavior born out of your faith in Jesus. When you have a daily time with God, reading the Bible and praying, when you pray and ask God to give you opportunities to tell others about him, to open doors for you to witness, you will see God giving you many opportunities to be bold. And you will be bold. Why? Because you have been with Jesus. Time with Jesus leads to, leads to greater faith. In other words, you're going to believe in a stronger way. And believing in a stronger way will lead to greater boldness. And greater boldness leads to more results. And more results will mean you will spend more time with Jesus because you will be so thankful for all that he's doing in you and through you in the lives of others. And more time with Jesus leads to greater faith. In other words, more belief. And more belief will lead you to greater boldness in your life. And greater boldness will give you more results. And so the circle keeps going and going and the cycle is there. Spend time with him. You grow in your relationship with him. You come to know him better. This leads to more faith in him. With more faith growing in your heart, you will become bolder than you were. Greater boldness will mean bolder prayers. And so you will begin to see Book of Acts type results. This will make you so excited about Jesus that you will want to spend more time with him, which leads you to greater faith and so more boldness, thus more results, and so more time with Jesus. The opposite is also true. If you don't spend much time with Jesus, you will not have much faith, and you will have little boldness, and so you will see few, if any, results. And that is discouraging. And so you spend less time with Jesus, and then you have even less faith, and thus less boldness, and see fewer results, which results in spending less time with Jesus. And then you live for the lower things of this world, wondering why your life is so empty all the time. We all need to grow in boldness. God wants to stir all of us up. There is a world out there that needs to know Jesus and so needs us to tell them about him. Boldly speaking for him, boldly speaking about him. Just spend time with Jesus, and you will grow in faith, you will receive extraordinary boldness, and you will see results. 
We need to refuse to be half-hearted disciples. I don't believe the church was ever meant to be lukewarm. In fact, in Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, Jesus spits the church out that is lukewarm. And the word spit there is vomit. It's a violent movement. So let's fall in love with him again. Fall so in love with him that we'll spend that time with him daily and overflow with that love and compassion for people that he loves who don't know him, who don't know the joy and the peace that he brings to them. We need to be praying, Father, stir up this boldness within each one of us here today. No longer do we want to, talk, to walk in the spirit of timidity or the spirit of fear. Teach us to walk in the power of love and do so with boldness. That's 2 Timothy 1.7, folks. You know, the boldest statements in the Bible... John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. One of the other boldest statements in the Bible is Acts 2.21, Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I believe those bold statements. And I'm planning to be more bold than ever in telling others these bold truths. And I pray that you too, will become bolder than ever before in your words and your lifestyle, so others will come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior through your bold behavior, born out of your strong belief in a powerful and awesome God.